0: From what they're doing there in Ecuador. And so we're going to go right into this. I'm going to go with a couple scriptures. Um, I'm going to kind of hit two two things at once tonight, but I want you guys to just kind of hear me, hear my heart, and hear what God is saying through this um, so we can take this in and leave here um, edified by the Word of God. Amen. And so we're going to go first with uh, Hebrews 4 and 7. This uh, scripture has just been circulating in my heart for just a while and uh, I was praying and, and God says Hebrew 4 and 7. I say, okay, God, you know, um, we're going to take that and run with it. And so uh, if you could put that up on the screen, we're just going to read what that says and then we're going to dive right into what the Lord gave me to say. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We glorify you. Amen. Amen. How great is our God, the only wise God, the glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. And so, uh, we're getting that up here on the screen. The scripture that we're having tonight, that we're going to start with, is Hebrews four and seven. Um, <clears throat> this is in the King James version, but I may have you read it uh, out in the in in n i r v n i v r. Excuse me, if you got it, if you got the n i v r, if you got that version, we're going to do it in that version. But we'll we'll go back to the King James for now. Amen amen and it says again he being God limiteth a certain day saying in David today it said today after so long a time as it is said today if you hear my hear his voice harden not your hearts amen that's it right there I'm gonna just stick with that verse right there father we thank you right now and we bless you Lord God for this moment for this time Lord God that we get to hear Lord God, you have appointed this day a certain day called today, Lord God, that we get to hear your voice, Lord God. And through that, Lord God, we become everything you said, Lord God, we ought to become, Lord God. Through that, we find our identity, Lord God. And we thank you right now that we steward every word that you speak out of your mouth. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 And so, um, do you have that in the NIVR? Or just NIV. Either way is fine. Okay. Okay. I'll uh I'll read it um right here. It says, God again set a certain day. Everybody say a certain day. Calling it today. Amen. Today. This this he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, this scripture text is actually coming from another text is Psalms 95 and 7. When he makes that reference to David, David mentioned this same, this very same thing in Psalms 95, 7, and 8. And it's also mentioned again in Hebrews 7: I mean, Hebrews 3, 7, and 8. There's one version of it that actually says, um, today, if you hear his, hear his voice, uh, do not be stubborn. One version says, do not be stubborn. And sometimes we as people can be stubborn and are set in our ways. But let's go with this. Uh, God in his infinite wisdom chose for all humanity a certain day. Everybody say a certain day. For us to hear his voice. That day that God spoke of in this scripture that we just read. He himself God appointed that day. And chose that day to be called today. Everybody say today. Yes that day is called today. Hallelujah. So on today God's chosen day. God is saying to all unbelievers and believers alike all saved and unsaved, all learned and unlearned, all Jews and Gentiles, all free and bond men alike. If today is called today the day that God appointed and chose, he says, hear my voice. Hear my voice. One thing we must be certain about, in this walk with God, is the fact that God is always speaking to us. There's never not a time God is speaking to us. He's constantly communicating with us. But many times throughout cultural and biblical history, we've seen it, and even in our lives today, we find it hard to hear him. Not only hard to hear him, but sometimes we find it hard To obey him. Say obey. So the reason many can't hear God isn't because God is limiting himself in speaking to us. He's not limiting himself. He's prepared a day, a certain day called today. It's not because he's limiting himself from speaking to us. But on the contrary, we're limiting ourselves from hearing him. We're limiting ourselves from hearing him. We do this by an ability I call selective hearing. Everybody say selective hearing. Y'all know what selective hearing is? I'm going to give you a definition of what selective hearing is. I'm going to give you an urban, actually an urban definition of what it means. Amen? And so it, it means one who possesses the quality to hear, but they only hear... What they like to hear. I'll say that again. It's one who possesses the quality to hear, but they only hear what they like to hear. Here's a practical example. Now, this example came directly from the urban uh, dictionary that I was looking in. This is a conversation between a dad and his son, Jimmy. So the dad says, Jimmy, do the laundry. And then you can go to the movies. Here's Jimmy's response. Jimmy says, sweet, I can go to the movies. But the dad is like, after you do the laundry. And Jimmy's response is, wait, what? You never said I had to do the laundry. (laughs) So what can we learn from this example? Jimmy has selective hearing. Jimmy has selective hearing. He heard what he wanted to hear, ain't it? Isn't that the definition of what I, just, what I was just saying? He heard what he wanted to hear. He had the quality or the ability to hear, but he only heard, I'm going to the movies. He didn't hear, I have to do the laundry. Let's go a little further. This is another definition. It says, selective hearing is also the abilities human have, humans have. To hear selectively what serves their interest. Being conveniently deaf to what they don't like and what they can't use. Being conveniently deaf to what they don't like and can't use. Here's a biblical example we can look at Mark 10 and 17, verses 17 through 22. This is dealing with the rich young ruler. We can go there. It's dealing with the rich young ruler and his Hebrews 4 and 7 moment. He had a Hebrews 4 and 7 moment. Today, if you hear my voice, let's, let's go through this. And it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell at his knees before him. He said, good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. In verse 19, he says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. That's key. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He says, one thing you lack. He said, Go and sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. All right, let's look at this. What can we, what has, what can we draw from this text? From the rich young ruler. Let's take a deeper look. As we see the rich young ruler. was exper- we, He was experiencing his Hebrew 4 and 7 moment. Which says today if you hear my voice. Harden not your heart. So he had been hearing God's voice. And responded to God's voice on yesterday. He responded to the voice the day before that. All the way back to his childhood, he had been hearing the voice of God. Amen. Y'all following me? In this case, he's been hearing God's voice through the law. And through that, he received it in his heart. But when Jesus asked him to give up what he was most interested in, in his riches and great possessions, the rich young ruler could not hear this in his heart. His heart became hardened because of the great riches and the things that he had. Right? And so we see he had the moment. He said, today if you hear my voice, from all of his youth up until that point when he fell down at Jesus' feet, he had heard the voice of God. And he had never hardened his heart through the law. Am I correct? That's what it says? But on the day Jesus said, give up your possessions, give everything away and sell it. Come and follow me. He hardened his heart. His heart became hardened because of what he was interested in. Y'all remember that definition of what I said? Selective hearing. What did it say? Let's go back. It says it's the ability that humans have to hear selectively what they they want which serves their interests, being conveniently deaf to what they don't like and can't use. The rich young ruler didn't like the fact that he had to give up his riches. He didn't like the fact that he had to sell and give away all his possessions. Hearing God's voice. It's not just for a, a it's not just for one day but it's for every day called today. See when God speaks he may ask you to give up some things you really don't want to give up. You may not want to give those things up yet. God may ask you to give up some television time. God may ask you to give up some internet surfing time. God may ask you to give up certain music, certain people and certain things. That we hold dear as our possession. Let me go into a few more examples. God is saying, "I need you to pray without ceasing." But this is our response. How can we pray all day long, God? I need you to love everyone, but you don't. But you. But you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they hurt me, God. But God is saying, "I need you to love everybody." I need you to increase in your giving, God. But I only make but so much, God. Through these things, our heart can be hardened if we don't hear the voice of God. And even in the text, when it dealt with uh, that specific text, they were talking about the Israelites who were about to enter into the land of Canaan. And there were 12 spies that were sent out. Ten of them came back with a bad report. Two of them came back with a good report. And so even in that text, it says Israel... I need you to face the giants in Canaan. But God, we are grasshoppers in our sight. So if we're grasshoppers in our sight, they're going to look at us as grasshoppers. But God says the land of Canaan is yours. Did you hear his voice? Or did you harden your heart? So the point is this. Stop looking at what we're losing out on or what we dislike about what God is saying to us. Realize that we're gaining Realize what we are gaining through following his voice. Amen? We are gaining access to our true identity. Say we are gaining access to our true identity. When we hear God's voice, we become sons and we become daughters. We become also conformed into his image and his likeness when we hear God's voice. We become ones who are born by the Spirit. And ultimately it is this, we inherit the promise of eternal life and we can live our lives now as true as a true expression of the kingdom of heaven when we hear God's voice and not harden our heart. So thy kingdom come, Lord, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God's heart for us today on earth is to function as a reflection of him in heaven. Let me say that again. God's heart for us today on earth is to function as a reflection of him in heaven. He wants both of them to look the same. And the only way that this can happen is if we're hearing his voice and obeying his voice. Not only that, we're putting it in our hearts on a daily basis his voice his word amen and so let me go to this seeing see, hearing god isn't just a matter of allowing his voice to go in your eardrum and your ear canal and then having it register in your brains but god's word must be taken to heart we got to put it in our heart many of the challenges we face many of the struggles that we wrestle with if any Or even the burdens that we bear are due to moments when God spoke to us and we didn't respond to his wisdom and counsel. Say amen. Amen. And so God is still speaking to us every day. Each and every day the spirit of God is speaking to us. Whether that's through apostle or whether that's through prophets, evangelists, teachers, or preachers. He's equipping us with the work of ministry for the kingdom of God. So day in and day out, God's voice is ringing out. His voice can be heard, will be heard, and must be heard on a daily basis. It's not enough for us to just hear it once and then put it aside. But every day is God's appointed day for us to hear his voice. Amen? Amen. So hearing his voice is having his voice. Can you say that? Hearing his voice is having his voice. Because what we hear from God, we can have from God. What we hear from God, we can have from God. Have you heard that before in this house? If you can hear it, you can have it. Hmm? God in us. When God is in us, we can effectively live out the expression of God's kingdom in the earth as it is in heaven amen amen and so we're gonna i'm gonna kind of shift gears a little bit right here at this point and i want to kind of deal with this we've been i've been talking about the voice of god hearing god and how do we hear god today we hear god through his word we hear it through his son his son and his son is the word and the word is the son they're, they're both synonymous. John says, in the, in the beginning was God, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's his son. Amen? And so we're going to deal with this, the kingdom and stewardship. We want to deal with the kingdom and stewardship. We wanna, we're stewarding something. We're stewarding God's voice. We're stewarding what God is saying. We're stewarding what Jesus has said through his word. Amen? And so let's deal with this. If you're writing, you might want to get ready to write in just a little bit. But um, we're going to start with here. The kingdom and stewardship. So God administers his kingdom through stewardship. God administers his kingdom through stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Okay? And so the kingdom of God operates according to the laws of stewardship. Don't believe me? Let's take it to the scripture. Matthew 20 and 1. Let's go to the uh, TPT translation if we can. Matthew 20 and 1. Passion translation. Amen. This will help you understand the way heaven's kingdom operates. There once was a wealthy landowner who went out at daybreak to hire all the laborers. Say laborers he could find to work in his vineyard. Okay, let's go here, Luke 19, 12, and 13, in the King James, New King James Version. Luke 19, 12, and 13, New King James. And it says, therefore, he said, a certain nobleman man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. 13, so he called 10 of his servants, everybody says servants. To deliver to them ten minus, and he said to them, "Do business till I come." Amen. Can you hear what it says? Stewardship, servants, stewardships. Let's get one more. Matthew twenty-five and fourteen in the TPT Passion Translation. It says again, "Heaven's kingdoms." Heaven's king again. Heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man. Who went on a long journey and summons all his trusted servants assigned to his financial management over them. Okay? His trusted servants. All right? So let's dig a little bit deeper. It says, The kingdom comes as our character progresses as steward. If you're writing this down, you can write this down. The kingdom comes as my character progresses as a steward. As we steward the character of God, the voice of God, the nature of God, guess what? His kingdom comes. Amen? His kingdom comes. So character influences the realm called kingdom come. My character, your character, has an influence on the realm called kingdom come. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to go to this stewardship. Talk a little bit deeper about stewardship. Stewardship, can be either a gate or stewardship can actually be an obstacle stewardship can be a gate or it can be an obstacle let's look at it from the perspective of being a gate this is the steward that's a gate the person who is a gate in their or stewarding like a gate is focused zealous and passionate Their presence becomes a gateway for the measure of the kingdom to come through. Y'all not hearing me. (laughs) Those that are focused, zealous, passionate stewards, their presence, your presence becomes a gateway for a measure of the kingdom to come. Where is it coming? Into the culture, into the, the world around us, when we are passionate. When we are zealous, when we are focused on what God is saying, hearing his voice, not hardening in our heart, the presence that we have, our presence, our life, when we're living our day-to-day life, becomes a gateway. Y'all got it? It becomes a gateway for the kingdom to come. But this is where it becomes an obstacle. This is the steward who who makes the kingdom an obstacle. When you are unfocused, you and I are unfocused when we're lukewarm, when we're indifferent as stewards, our presence becomes a stumbling block to the kingdom. So the culture can't receive the kingdom. Why? Because we're unfocused. We're lukewarm. We're half and half. We're indifferent. We're hardened. In our hearts, so the kingdom can be a gate, or the kingdom can be a stumbling block, based on our character. Y'all got it? All right, let's move right along. Stewardship, stewardship. If you're writing this down, this is the definition of stewardship. Stewardship. It's the act of a person managing property or finance of another, or the finances of another. I'll say it again. It's the act of a person managing property or the finances of another. In order to do that, in order for us to manage God's property, in order for us to manage or steward the word of God, we've got to get self out of the way. We can't be selfish. What we're doing now for the kingdom, we can't be selfish. It can't be about us. It can't be about us. A steward's assignment isn't fulfilled by taking care of your responsibilities. But when you take care of his or someone else's purpose or responsibility, that's when we're fulfilling our assignment. That's when we're fulfilling our assignment. When we're taking care of God's possessions. His word is his possession. His word is purpose. His word is responsibility. And as stewards, we fulfill our our assignment when we're able to take care of this. But when we're just taking care of our own needs, that's not stewarding. I need you to say this. We are stewards. We are good stewards. Amen. 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 And so, a good steward is not just taking care of his marriage, his or her marriage. A good steward is not just taking care of your children. Good stewards are not just taking care of our finances or even our life's responsibility. But it's much more than that. A good steward understands that Christ's purpose The purpose that Christ has has made us for matters more than our personal stuff. Uh Uh-oh. We don't like that. We don't like that. It matters more than our personal stuff. Can you hear that? Are you listening? It matters more than our personal stuff. So stewards manage and overseer the priority and purpose of God. Our priority and purpose is not our own, but it's of God, the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So let me go down to, to, let's start unpacking this a little bit um, and talk about the the laws. There are eight laws of stewardship um, that that we understand to be true in order to steward this kingdom, in order for that gate. We talk about being a gate, right? And so our lives are a gate, and if the kingdom is supposed to be entered through us, we've got to be able to steward these eight things. Amen? Amen? And so the first thing if you, please write this down or please put this somewhere where you can remember this. I don't need you to just listen but if you can just take some notes, that'd be great too because these are something that are going to be a, a part of us for a long time. For a long time. So the first one is when we have taken care of our own, we haven't even begun to be a steward yet. When we have taken care of our own, we haven't even begun to be a steward yet. So now our family's taken care of, our children's taken care of, our marriage is taken care of, our house, our, we washed our car, we cleaned up the house, we took up the trash, uh, we paid all the bills. But guess what? We haven't even begun to start working for God yet. That is not considered stewardship, just taking care of our natural needs. But stewardship is managing, I'm going to keep saying this, it's managing someone else's goods, not our own. That's the first law of stewardship. It's the first law of stewardship. If we are just taking care of ourselves, taking care of me, myself, and I, my own, then we are unprofitable servants. We are unprofitable servants. Right? We are unprofitable. Number two, Jesus, this is big, Jesus views impartation as an investment. My God. Jesus views impartation as an investment. Can we say investment? Now, now, we understand. He says impartation. What is impartation? When the word of God is preached, when it's imparted, when somebody is breaking bread, per se, of the word of God, God sees that as an investment. Anybody made an investment before? Anybody made an investment before? What is it? You put something in and you expect something out, right? You don't expect to lose anything, but you expect to gain, right? That's the intent that you have by making that investment, right? Right. And so to receive impartation from the Spirit of God is to become the king's investment. Say, I am the king's investment. I am the king's investment. When God imparts his word into you, when God speaks the word or is preached the word into you, guess what? He's making a deposit into you, his investment. You become his investment now. When you hear his word, when you hear his voice, when the word of God is preached, now you are an investment of the king's. He's putting an investment in you. Say the king's investment. I am the king's investment. Investment. This is investment. The definition. Investment is giving to get more back than than what originally was put in. That's what investment means. Giving to get more back than what was originally given. Amen? So guess what? Jesus gave, right? He gave us his word, right? He gave us his spirit, right? So Jesus wants a return. Jesus wants a return on what he gave us. Amen? Jesus expects more back from us than what he gave us originally. Oh my God. He wants more back. So then we have to ask ourselves this question. And even myself. Who have we influenced today? Who have we influenced with our life? Now that he's put His investment in us. Where are our fruits? (laughs) And you should know them by the fruits they bear. Right? And so we got to understand this. This point right here. God is not going to judge us based on... uh, uh, God will actually judge us based on our stewardship. Let me say that again. God will actually judge us... Based on our stewardship. How much did you change or generate something for the kingdom? How much have you influenced anyone with what God invested into you? Huh? He's actually going to judge us based on how well we steward his stuff. How much have we made him a priority in our life? Let's go to this, Matthew 25 and 20, verses 20 and 21, King James Version. We're not going to read all of it, but I just wanted to put it up there um, because it's talking about the talents. Y'all know the story about the talents, right? All right. and So let's just read it. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, say five other talents, saying, Lord, You delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. So the one that was given five, he brought five more. Jesus' response to him, verses 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. And so the one who had five brought five. And in verses 22 and 23, the one was given two, added two more. Amen. But as we go down into that deeper into that verse, there was a steward that received one. Everybody say one. One talent. He received one talent. He didn't take it and he multiplied it, but he he took it and he hid it. He took it and he hid it. He only received that one. He said, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But what did we say earlier about investment? He wants more, right? Jesus wants a return and he doesn't want just what he originally gave. He wants more. So what can we see from that, from the person who hid that talent? When you're a bad investor, Jesus' voice is removed. When you're a bad investor, Jesus' voice is removed. Remember we talked about today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. When we are a bad investor, our heart becomes hardened to the things of God therefore removing his voice from us who is the person with the one talent who is that person what do we learn from him that person or that servant was unprofitable we learn that that servant was unprofitable and that something happened to him because of his unprofitability Matthew 25 and 30 let's go to verse 30 He said, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. 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 We're not talking about a sinner. We're talking about a servant of God who was unprofitable. We're talking about us. If we're just sitting still, we're sitting on top of what God gave us. If we're just sitting on the anointing, we're just sitting on... Uh, the, the power that God has given us to speak to someone, to, to preach the good tidings, to, to uh, 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 open blinded eyes, or, or to whatever it is that God has given you, to be a prayer warrior, or to be an intercessor, whatever that thing is, if we're just sitting on it, and we're a believer, we're unprofitable. And because of it, Jesus will cast that believer into outer darkness. There will be weeping in national tea. But why? Why God? He's a believer. She's a believer. It's because the servant had the goods to bring to others, but did not bring it. <laughs> hmm? He had what, the, what others needed, but he kept it for himself. Let's go on a little further. Attached to every revelation that we get is a responsibility. Attached to every revelation that you receive from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God is a responsibility. And that responsibility is double what the revelation did for us. That's deep. Let me say that again. That's heavy. Attached to every revelation is a responsibility and the responsibility that we have is double to what the revelation did for us what's flowing through us ought to go to others and we are to expose it to others but at a greater degree of what was revealed to us we are to give it and expose it to them and they are to receive it at a level even greater than what we received it but everybody won't respond. And see, this is what keeps a lot of people in fear is because, well, you think, I- I'm shy. You know, I don't really like talking to people, that kind of thing. But no, we got to understand everybody that we speak to is not going to respond. Everybody that we have a conversation with about Christ may not even receive you. Some may even persecute you. But we do understand this. At least 25% of those people are going to receive it what am I saying? A remnant people, a people that have an ear to hear the things of God, they're going to receive it. And that's what, we, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at. They're going to receive the word of the Lord, right? And so let's go back to this one thought. We have not been a good investor until the impact that we receive is impacting somebody else. The impact of the revelation of the word that we receive is impacting somebody else at that same level. At that same level or even greater. All right, That same level or even greater. Law number three. We're going to move right along. If the revelation that changed me or you doesn't go beyond me or you and change others, we will have been an unprofitable servant. This is law number three. The revelation that changed us, if it doesn't go beyond us and change others, we have been deemed an unprofitable servant. Number four, moving right along. Law number four says a steward's responsibility isn't to maintain what's been given. Everybody say maintain. I'm just supposed to hold on to what I got. You know, I got this Holy Ghost 30 years ago. I'm just holding on to what I got. (laughs) I'm just waiting on my change to come. I'm just holding on. But it's not just just for us to hold on to what we got or to maintain it. But it's to advance what we have been given. Advance it. Move it. Go beyond ourselves and advance the word of God. Right? Right? Stewardship is an opportunity for us to increase. It's an opportunity for us to increase. Increase. And so he that has more, more will be given. He that hath more, more will be given. That's taken from the text of Matthew 25. More what, though? What am I saying? What, is, what, it, what will be given more? More than what we gave originally. We'll receive more than what we gave originally. Now, for you to, for you to understand that or for me, for me to make it a little clearer, the servant that had five talents, right? He brought five more, right? He brought he multiplied and brought five more. And so the Lord eventually says to that servant, I'm going to take from the one who did nothing and I'm going to give it to the one who has 10 talents. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. God wants to give us more than what we gave. We gave him 10 talents, but he gives us more. He'll give us more when we steward What's been given. Matthew 25 and 25. Let's go to verse 25 and 26. It says, But the Lord, but his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that i read where I have not sown and gather where I have not where I have not scattered. Scattered seed. Twenty six. That was twenty six. Okay. And so what do we gather from that? A steward's assignment isn't to preserve what they receive, but to progress what they receive. Everybody say progress what they receive. Progress what they receive. And so Jesus has to be able to trust us with his goods. Jesus has to be able to trust us with his goods. But if we won't progress it beyond ourselves, he can't trust us. He can't trust us. He, but he wants to trust us. And I believe that we are the type of people that we're going we're to progress this thing. Amen? Amen. We're progressing it even now. We're seeing it even now. Happening right before our eyes. People are coming. And more people are coming. Why? Because of the gateway that you've become. Amen? Law number five. Got a few more and I'm going to be out of your way. Matthew 25 and 30 in the Passion Translation. Let's look at that Passion Translation. Okay, here it says, verse 30, says, Then the master said to his servant, Now throw that good-for-nothing servant far away from me into outer darkness, where there will be great misery and anguish. Where there be great misery and anguish, and so what we gathered from that is it's a uh, it, uh, judgment isn't only simply being good or bad, we're not being judged basically on being good or bad as a believer, but whether we have managed or mismanaged the goods that Jesus has given us. I'll say that again this is law number five judgment isn't simply being good or bad. We're not judged off of that. But whether we have managed what he has given us or mismanaged the goods that Jesus has given us is what we'll be judged by. We will be judged as a steward, not a sinner. (laughs) We will be judged as a steward, not a sinner. See, the sinners will be judged as sinners because they're sinners. They never really tried to profit. Uh, for the kingdom. They never really wanted to do the kingdom, so they never really qualified to be a servant of God because they're a sinner, right? And so the sinner will be judged as a sinner, but us will be judged as stewards. Have we stewarded God's word? Have we stewarded the power of God? Have we stewarded the anointing? Have we stewarded what God has given us through the good word of, of, the, uh, of the good news of the Bible? He's judging us by that as a steward, he's judging the believer. As a steward. Amen? Amen. And so, um, and, and we see it in this, in one of the versions that we just um, just looked at. The unprofitable servant is referred to as wicked. Everybody say wicked. God's word is not ours to keep. So when we keep his words, we are considered to be wicked. Wow. Wicked. As well as these things should not be kept to ourselves. Praise should not be kept to ourselves. Prayer should not be kept to our stu- ourselves. Study. We can study together. We can study separately too, but we can study together and even meditating on the Word of God. None of this stuff can be kept to ourselves. See, God's people aren't judged for being sinful. But we have, we have been, we'll, have, we'll, we'll be judged based on our profitability. Amen? Have we profited the kingdom of God? Amen? See, for us, it's about uh, being profitable. For the sinner, it's about being in sin. And so, if we're not profitable to the kingdom, we lose God's presence. And we lose his blessings. We're actually exposed from his presence. We're removed, right? Because it says what? He got cast into outer darkness, right? That's our punishment. See, we're not living for the blessings. We're not living to, to have everything we want. But we are living for his presence. We are living to see thy kingdom come and thy will be done. We are living to see lives change and altered because of the power of God that is flowing through us in the earth, right? We're not living to be judged as an unprofitable servant, but we're living for the kingdom of God. Number six, it's a law of stewardship. What was given to you may not seem like it fits you. Oh, man. But you will be accountable for not doing what was viewed as not fitting who you are. Are y'all listening? Number six says, what you were giving may not seem to fit you. But you will be accountable for not doing what is viewed as not fitting who you are. I don't think I'm an evangelist. I don't like to talk to people. I'm going to So I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Guess what? You saw that as not fitting you. But guess what? It doesn't alleviate you from being accountable. I don't want to talk. I'm kind of shy about talking to people about the word. Okay? So you're not going to do it. If you don't do it, you're still held accountable. You may not feel like you're a teacher. You may not feel like you're a preacher. You may not feel like you're an usher. (laughs) You may not feel like you should clean up behind folks in the church who left their trash and different things in the sanctuary. You may not feel like you have to clean the floors and mop the floors and change the tables. Guess what? That don't fit you, right? If it don't fit you, you're still held accountable. You're still held accountable. Right? And so, as we see here, what doesn't fit you doesn't mean that you're not assigned to it. What doesn't seem to fit you or seem like it's you doesn't mean that it's not your assignment. This is the ministry, God's church. This is our assignment here and out there, inside and outside. This is our assignment, right? God calls us to this. Man chooses us And now it's up to us to steward, to steward it. So don't be deceived. This is about conforming into the image of God. This ain't about fitting your level of comfort. This ain't about your preference. This ain't about how you see yourself. Hmm? This is about conforming into the image of Christ. This is about conforming into the image of God to accomplish his work in the earth. Not ours. Law number seven, and I'm almost done. A steward's responsibility is centered on accomplishing Jesus' work, not surviving the trials. In this life, we will have various trials and tribulations, right? But it's not about us surviving. If everything we're talking about with one another is about, man, I'm so glad I survived that. Man, God, he brought me out of this and he brought me out of that. I was in a hard place, but God, mm, he, he, he did that for me. If that's the totality of our conversation, we're not accomplishing the work of Jesus Christ. It must be centered about his work. Jesus was always about his father's business. He was about to get in trouble for it when he was 12. Can't you see that I'm about my father's business? But at the same time, he still had to obey his mother and father, right? That was still the law of those days. But God, Jesus was always about obedience, even unto death, not my will, but your will. I'm doing the work of the father. What he told me to do, I'm doing that. So when we hear God's voice, guess what? We're doing that, that which he spoke of, that which we heard of, that which we know, even the disciples, they begin to testify of it. They were eyewitnesses of what this is that we're talking about, stewardship. They were able to steward because they eyewitnessed Christ doing it in the earth. And so it was only natural for them to begin to do what Christ did. He said, you will do the works of Jesus and even greater works. Jesus' ministry was only about, what, three years? How long have we been in the church? Some of us five, some of us two, some of us ten, some of us thirty years. And what greater work shall we do? A a more amount of people will be impacted by us who have stewarded God's word and accomplished the work that Jesus accomplished. And so we're going to look at this, Luke 19 and 12 and 13 in the Amplified Version. I'm almost done, y'all. Just got one more, but I want to look at this. Luke 19 and 12 and 13 in the Amplified Version. Y'all still with me? All right. (laughs) Say, yeah, you're with me. TP, are you with me? (laughs) Amen. All right, so the Bible says in Luke 12, uh, Luke 19 and 12 in the Amplified Version. So he said, a normal man went to a distant country to obtain for himself a kingdom and then return. Go to 13. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minus one one a piece, each equal to about 100 days wages, and said to them, do business with this until I return. Everybody say, do business with this. Do business with this, with the word that you receive do business with it until he returns. With the revelation that you have received, go and do business until he returns. With the spirit of God that you receive, go out and do business with it until he returns. And so with Jesus and what he has given us, as stewards, we are to go and do business It's time to go to work, y'all. It's time to do the work of ministry. It's time to do what we've been equipped for. It's time to do what we have uh, uh, gathered uh, for. Uh, It's not time to just sit in church and do the same thing over and over and over, having a form of godliness and denying that power. There's power to be released in the earth. There's anointing to be released in the earth, and we are got to be the ones that go and release it. we got to be the ones that go and do business until he returns. It's time to go to work. (laughs) It's time to work. The works of the one that has sent us. It's time for us to be about our father's business. It's time to us to get rid of ourselves and our selfish ambition and harden our hearts because we don't want to do what God says when he wants us to do it. But now is the time. Now is the acceptable day. He appointed for him a certain day called today for us to hear his voice. That when we hear his voice, we can release his voice. We can release that voice. Go to work. Do business. He invested in us. God invested in us. Everything we need, he's invested into us. For life and godliness, he's invested it into us. See, we as stewards aren't rewarded for surviving trials. We aren't rewarded for just surviving life or making it through hard times. But we're rewarded for what we do that affects the kingdom and pleases the Father. We're rewarded for the things uh, uh, that makes the kingdom of God advance and come. Hallelujah. He says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all these different places all around the world. And then the end can come. We got to do that work. That's why I said in the beginning, the kingdom coming And our character being shaped as servants, it has everything to do with our character. It has everything to do with how we steward the kingdom, for the kingdom to actually come. He entrusted us. He actually partners with us to allow his kingdom to come as we become his servants. Right? This is the last thing and I'm done. Law number eight. Luke 19 and 11, 13. uh, Luke 19 and 11 through 13. The New King James Version. The New King James Version. Everybody say, go to work. It's time to work. The works of the one who sent us. It says, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. It says, because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Say immediately. See, they were looking for an earthly kingdom. They were, look, they, were, they were looking for Jesus to shut up shop on earth, right? Go to the next verse. He said, therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. I know I've said this a couple times, but you get the point. 13. So he called 10 of his servants to deliver them 10 mi- minus and said to them, do business until I come. And so what do we pull from those scriptures? Believers can't just wait for the kingdom of God to randomly appear immediately. It's not just going to appear before our eyes. We can't just sit and wait and just like, God, God. I know. I know you're gonna come. I know things are gonna happen. I know lives are gonna be changed, and we just sit there. I know people are gonna receive your spirit. I know your spirit is gonna be poured out, and we're just sitting there, waiting for it to appear. <laughs> See, Jesus uses that uh, parable to despair to dispel their lack of discernment, but also to help them realize that. Uh, what their role is in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom that is coming. His kingdom won't come unless we're stewards doing business. Say doing business. We must be stewards that are doing business because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. We are his sons. We are his daughters. And we are the gates of his glory. We are the gates of the reality of heaven coming to the earth. See, Jesus has chosen to rely on us to be faithful stewards. We must be faithful stewards. We must be the gateway. We must be the gateway through which he releases his kingdom on the earth. Let's do business so that God's kingdom can come. Let's do business so that many people that are out there that are lost, we can be like the one, that that one lost sheep. If it's just one of the 99, 99 we got those, but if we can just get that one, all of heaven rejoices over that one. All of heaven goes crazy over that one person that we spoke to that changes their life. And so what do we do down here? We can rejoice too. While we're doing business and being profitable, understanding that God is getting the glory out of us. Amen? Amen. And so that's pretty much the conclusion of what I wanted to say. All I want to say to us is that it's time to, do the, it's time to go to work, y'all. It's time to do the work of ministry. That's why we're setting up this five-fold ministry now the true expression of the kingdom, the order of the kingdom, so that God can really come in and be that glory, and we can be that glorious church, that glorious bride that he's coming back for, so we can actually grow into the full measure and the full stature of who Jesus Christ is. Right? And ultimately, our hearts will never end up hardened, but our hearts will end up fulfilled. Our hearts will end up full with gladness, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. We'll be fulfilled by doing it. We'll be fulfilled by going to work. Amen? Amen. So this has been the kingdom and and stewardship also, but remember this. Today, if you hear his voice, don't leave this place and harden your heart to it. As in the day of the rebellion. See, the, the Israelites at that time could not enter the promise they were, promised, they, they, were, they were promised a promised land, a place where they can actually rest. It was actually supposed to be a place of rest for them. And they couldn't enter it because of the testimony of 10 people who didn't believe the report of the Lord, who didn't do business, who didn't do business till he came. So because of those 10 people who sat and waited for, for God to just show up and appear for them to enter into Canaan, A whole generation of people died. A whole generation of people because of 10 people who didn't steward the kingdom. And 10 spies, I should say, because of 10 spies that went and spied out the land. And because the land and the people in it was unfavorable. Because it wasn't their preference. Because it wasn't their interest. Because they considered it uh, too much of a task. Too much of a risk. I might lose my life in this. They didn't do business. So because of them, a whole generation of people died off. God said, as I swore, y'all would not enter into my rest. (laughs) I would not enter into with that mentality. You see, because of the testimony of the people that spoke those things, it caused the people to be restless. It caused the people to murmur. It caused the people to say, man, I could have just went back to Egypt. Think about what people that we just kind of, we just overlook and we don't give them the word. Guess what they're going to do? Man, I can keep on doing drugs. I can keep on living the life that I'm living. You know, I can keep on doing me. (laughs) living this life, you know. And because of it, a whole generation of people end up dying before their time. Because we that had the goodness did not deliver them. So with that said, the last thing I'm going to leave is to go and do business. Let's do business, y'all. Let's let the kingdom come forth through us. Let it flow through you. When we wake up in the morning and we go throughout our day, we're going to work wherever we are. Let the kingdom flow. Do business. (laughs) Until he comes. Amen? Amen. You can stand to your feet. We're going to bless the name of the Lord. Amen. I appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you guys are hearing not just me, but the word of God through me. And what God is saying to us, uh, because this is a time of positioning. This is a time where God is establishing his people. Hallelujah. And there's people out there that want this word. There's people out there that wants to receive Christ. And sometimes that our lives could be the only life or the only interaction that they needed just to understand who Christ was. That one conversation, that one moment we took just to say what God had placed on our heart to say at that given moment, they'll hear God's voice. And because of that, they'll come through the gate. They'll come through us as gates and they'll see Christ. So we just wanna pray and and we're gonna um consider ourselves closed, um and and, and um, you- you're free to leave. But Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for tonight, God. We just thank you right now, Lord God, that we hear your voice, God. We just thank you right now, Lord God, that we are profitable servants, Lord God. Lord God, thank you for giving us an understanding of what it means to be a steward, oh God. Lord God, we just thank you right now, Lord God, that you've placed an investment on the inside of us, God. You've placed life on the inside of us, oh God. You've placed truth on the inside of us, God. You've placed your word, your spirit, Lord God, your image and your likeness, on the inside of us, oh God. We are the king's investment, oh God. And today, Lord God, through the investment that you have invested into us, oh God, Lord God, we go and do business, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that we are thoroughly equipped, Lord God, for the work of ministry, oh God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that as long as today is called today, God, we are hearing your word. We are meditating on your word. Lord God, we are speaking your word. We are studying your word, God, to show ourselves approved, Lord God. We are sharing your word, Lord God, that men and Women can see who you are, Lord God, and can lead the life that they're living. Oh God, to enter into a new life. Oh God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that the power of God, oh God, is inside of us. Oh God, that salvation can flow through us. Oh God, Lord God, and that through that salvation, Oh God, men and women can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that we're profitable. Oh God, Lord God, we thank you right now that any way that we have been unprofitable throughout our life, Oh God, or throughout uh, uh, our days. Oh God, we repent right now, Lord God, and we say, Lord God, we turn from that. Oh God, we turn from our selfish ways. Oh God, we turn, Lord God, from being shy. Oh God, or in, or uh, feeling in, uh, uh, in, unable, Lord God, to speak to anyone concerning your truth. Oh God, Lord God, we thank you right now that we are ones that will speak the truth and love God. We will speak the truth and love, Oh God, and Lord God, we will be the ones, oh God, who you have anointed. Lord God, for the Spirit of the Lord has anointed us, Oh God, to preach the good tidings. God to speak the good tidings oh God Lord God to preach the opening of the prison doors God we thank you right now Lord God that we like Jesus oh God can set the captives free oh God by the truth that is living inside of us oh God and so we and we thank you right now Lord God that you're fortifying your spirit in us oh God you're fortifying truth in us oh God Lord God you're making us bold today oh God we thank you right now Lord God that you're removing any cowardice in, out of our life oh God we thank you right now Lord God that we we won't live our lives uh, how we wanted to live our life and then come to you and be cowards God we thank you right now that you get the punk out of us God we thank you right now Lord God that you empower us God with the spirit of truth oh God we empower us oh God with life and liberty today God we thank you right now Lord God that we are moving motivated by the power of God we are moving motivated by the spirit of God, Lord God. how we have our life in our being oh God by your presence in us oh God we move we live in have our being through this, oh God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that you fortify us, oh God, in your word today, oh God. We are confident, Lord God, and we do not cast away our confidence, oh God, because it has great recompense of reward. We thank you, Lord God, that we are stewards who will multiply your investment. Hallelujah. We are stewards That will multiply your investment, God. We thank you right now, Lord God. And we glorify you even in this. We praise you and we thank you, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. And you are considered dismissed. Amen. Amen.